How the Iraq War Bent America's Army Out of Shape The Iraq War began on March 21, 2003, when Baghdad's night sky lit up with American-guided bombs and tracer fire. This will be a campaign unlike any other in history, promised General Tommy Franks, the cigar-chomping commander of U.S. Central Command, CENTCOM, a campaign characterized by shock, by surprise, and by the application of overwhelming force. America's air and ground assault quickly overwhelmed Iraq's hapless armed forces. But in the years that followed, it overwhelmed the American military, too, leaving it bent out of shape for the accelerating competition with China. The American-led coalition conquered Baghdad in just over three weeks, a remarkable display of raw military power against what was then the world's fourth-largest standing army. But in the years that followed America was sucked into a campaign of nation-building and counterinsurgency against armed groups, including Sunni jihadists, disaffected members of Saddam Hussein's Ba'ath Party and Shia militants. Barack Obama, then president, pulled American troops out in 2011, only to send many back after Islamic State and Al-Qaeda splinter tore through northern Iraq and Syria in 2014. Around 2,500 American troops remain today. These campaigns put an enormous strain on America's army. For the first six years of the war, the number of American troops in Iraq rarely fell below 120,000, see chart. At the peak of the surge in 2007, a spike in troops to combat a raging insurgency, the number was far higher. And as Iraq wound down, the war in Afghanistan ramped up, 98,000 troops were deployed there at that conflict's peak in 2011. Mobilization on this scale required implementing what many soldiers called a backdoor draft, a stop-loss policy of forcing soldiers to extend their service. Between 2002 and 2008, more than 58,000 soldiers were affected. The intense pace of operations had a wider impact on American forces, as a paper published in 2009 by the Center for Strategic and Budgetary Assessments, a think tank, warned. By 2007, the share of Army recruits with high school diplomas had fallen to 79%, the lowest level for 25 years. A growing number of volunteers were being given waivers for criminal records, obesity or other issues. In 2006, there were more than 34,000 people with moral waivers serving in the American Armed Forces, more than a fifth of all enlisted soldiers. Those in the field were run ragged. Instead of deploying one unit in every three, allowing time for recuperation and training, the Army was forced to deploy one in every two. Army trucks worked at 10 times their peacetime rate, the Abrams tank was flogged six times as hard and the Chinook helicopter three times, all in harsh desert conditions that resulted in frequent breakdowns and shortened the lifespan of the equipment. Worse still, all of that came at a crucial period for America's global position. In the decade prior to its invasion of Iraq, China's military spending roughly doubled. In the decade that followed, it quadrupled. Meanwhile, America frittered away extraordinary resources. The cost of military operations in Iraq since 2003 runs to more than $800 billion on a conservative estimate and into the trillions on more expansive measures. The problem was not just profligacy. For more than a decade, despite a much-touted effort by the Obama administration to effect a pivot of American strategy to Asia and the Pacific, America's armed forces devoted the bulk of their intellectual and organizational efforts to the irregular warfare they faced in Iraq and Afghanistan. Officers gained combat experience, to be sure. 
but they were fated for writing manuals on counterinsurgency rather than pondering tank battles in Europe or naval warfare in Asia. A vast number of Navy and Marine officers could be trusted to explain the intricacies of every street in Baghdad, says Eric Sayers of the American Enterprise Institute, another think tank, and a former consultant for Indo-Pacific Command, America's military command for Asia, but far fewer came to know much at all about the military and diplomatic geography of maritime Southeast Asia. Special forces prioritized assassination and abduction over traditional sabotage and raiding. Air superiority was taken for granted, and air defenses were neglected. The war caused a crushing aircraft readiness crisis in the Air Force from which it has yet to recover, says Mark Montgomery, a retired rear admiral. Tank skills atrophied. Over the last nine years of doing irregular warfare we have eviscerated the Armor Corps to the point of its extinction. For much of the past two decades, Washington's focus on the Middle East has reduced military readiness, distorted force structure priorities and, until recently, left the joint force ill-equipped and unable to prepare adequately for high-end military competition with a peer adversary, concluded a scathing assessment of Asian security trends published by the International Institute for Strategic Studies, a think tank, in June. A war that was waged in 2003 partly to our adversaries and cement American military primacy has left long-lasting scars on the victor. Handpicked stories in your inbox. More from International. What does Xi Jinping want from Vladimir Putin? Big questions loom as the Chinese leader heads to Moscow. Russia's friends are a motley and shrinking crew. They are a coalition of the failing, the Soviet Remembrance Society, and a gang of opportunists.